Hey y'all, this is Be Wendy Bob just stopping by to share some amazing news with you. If you've been listening to the podcast, then you may already know, but let me just let you know this today. I am now a published author. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm so, so thankful, so excited to share these resources with you. My first release is the book entitled Empowerment for You, Encouragement for Your Emotional and Spiritual Wellness. Listen, this book is filled with information, insight, inspiration, and specific tips and practical strategies for your emotional and spiritual wellness journey. If you have not gotten this book, I encourage you to purchase one for you. Purchase also, give one as a gift to a, to another sister of yours or to someone else. It is available on Amazon and I definitely want to hear how this book is blessing your life and adding value to you. My second release, most recent release as of November 2021 is a workbook. Oh my gosh, y'all. It is called the Empowered to Empower You Reflection Workbook. I'm so excited about this workbook. And I know that for those of you who enjoy engaging in self-awareness activities and you engage, you love, you love engaging in journaling and reflection, you will enjoy this workbook. It's actually based on the podcast, specific episodes where I had, also where I had dynamic guests. So this workbook is for you too. This, both of those resources are available on Amazon. If you have any questions, you let me know and I will be able to answer them for you. Also, will you do me a favor? If the if any of the episodes has added value to your life, has 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 transformed some things for you, or have just provided you encouragement, will you provide a rating and a review of the podcast or send me a message? I would love to hear from you. I want to hear how the podcast is really enriching your life, and I want to hear how um things have changed for you or you maybe how a specific episode has encouraged you. So I would love to hear from you. Send me a message, complete a rating or review. If you don't know how to do that, just send me a message. Let me know. You can do that by emailing me at bewendy.bob at outlook.com or info at bewendy.com. You can also send me a message on empower the number to serve on IG. I look forward to hearing from you and I, I want you to enjoy the rest of the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Empowered to Empower You podcast. I'm so excited that you decided to tap in today. This is your lovely host, Miss B. Wendy Bob. If this is your first time, I want to lovingly welcome you today. If you've been following me since January 2020, listen, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for sharing the podcast, subscribing to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you have not rated the podcast, listen, I, I want you to do that. Um, go to your platform and just give it a star, give it a rating. This helps people to find the episodes a little bit quicker. I hope that you're safe and well. If you have listened to the previous episode, the previously recorded episode was episode number 105, Self-Care on a Daily Basis with Ms. Crystal Alexander. 
great conversation, lovely um, therapist and lovely woman. Um, so I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. If you have not listened to it, feel free to pause this one and listen to that one and come on right back because I'll be right here. I want to welcome you to number 106. I am so excited, y'all. I get to reconnect with a lovely, amazing, dynamic woman um, in this field, an amazing therapist, an amazing leader. Her name is Mrs. Brittany Johnson. Uh, Brittany Johnson is a licensed mental health counselor with a private practice in Southern Indiana. Uh, Brittany is certified in several trauma modalities, including racial trauma, eye movement desensitization, reprocessing EMDR, and is also an approved consultant in EMDR. Brittany began her career working with adults who had what was called severe and persistent mental illnesses. She then began working with juveniles involved in the juvenile justice system. This led her to work with children and families who were involved in the juvenile justice system and or child protective services. After many years, she realized that the best way to help the children was to treat the parental mental illness and improve parental skills. This led Brittany back to working exclusively with adults to treat their mental health and to help the adults heal from their childhood trauma that was directly impacting their ability to parent. Brittany is also the author of Get Out of Your Own Way, 21 Days to Stop Self-Sabotage. Through therapy, consulting, training, she is on a mission to reduce stigma around mental health and help women heal from their past trauma and self-sabotage. Listen, I want you, I want to welcome you to, to, to Brittany to, to Empower to Empower You podcast. I am excited to, to jump in with you. So, hey, Brittany. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. It's been too long since we've talked, right? So I am excited to be here on your platform. Thank you for having me on for like, yes, thank you so much. My pleasure. I want to, I want to just start with where did we meet each other? How do we know each other? Um, I'm so glad I, 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 you know, reconnected to you and just asked, Hey, I want to, I want to get, I want to get Brittany here. So let's start with how we met. Yeah. So we met um, I'm going to say 20, 2012, maybe some around that time frame. we were both working for uh, a company that did a w- array of things. But in the state I was in, we did intensive in-home therapy with children and family. And you were the first trauma consultant that I ever worked with. You, we, I had got trained in t- uh, TFCBT and then I met you and you were doing my consultations and, and teaching me more about trauma. And then I just, I never forgot it. Like I still use the things that you told me way back when, even though our knowledge of trauma has evolved, like what we do, how we treat, how we assess, all that has changed. But I still remember what you told me about their bleeding, their hurting. So things are happening because of that. And I still use that to this day. Mm, that is that is uh, that is so profound. I mean that that was not. I, I don't mind saying the company out loud because I truly enjoyed and I, I value and I respect the experiences I that I that I had that we had at Youth Villages for sure. Yes. So for those of you who are listening, we're talking about Youth Villages. That was the training ground, the battlefield. Listen, basically all of the above. <laughs> you know, I I tell people all the time, I would not be the therapist I am if I didn't work there. Because doing in-home therapy at the intensity that we did and the company mission and values, like just be strength focused to 
include the whole family. Like without that, I don't think I would be where I, I know for a fact I wouldn't be where I am today. I know for a fact that I wouldn't know that depression, when people say it's, you know, lack of motivation, that that looks like a mom not getting off the couch for hours or days. Right. Like I, I know for a fact I wouldn't have that knowledge. So and I not, appreciate it. And, and it's not it's not non-compliance. Right. right. And it's not non-compliance. Oh my God. I hate that word. I did not use it. I still don't use it. Yeah. Yes. Like, no. Yes. It's so berating. But absolutely. I can definitely agree with that. I would not be the clinician that I am today without my experiences at U Villages. And and it's still, I still hold U Villages um, dear to my heart for sure. If they asked me me to come and speak, I would. And I know you. Right. I had a dream recently that they invited me to do to speak on the conference stage. And in my dream, like I went ahead and, and like, you know, I used to work here and this is what the, you know, I did the whole thing in my dream. And I was like, oh, maybe that'll happen one day. That will happen. OK. I, hey, I love it. So I'm, I'm speaking it loud. Hey, I, we may share this podcast with somebody there just so they know, like we're, we're, we're like talking y'all up. OK, uh-huh, right. <laughs> Well, tell us about, I mean, you definitely, your journey started at U Villages. And as I read in your journey, um, as I read in, the, in your bio, your journey has definitely taken some ups and turns and, and to, the, to the point of realizing who you really want to serve and not just who you want to serve, but who you are called to serve, right? This yeah. work is totally different. Right? It's a different. It's not who yeah. I want to serve, it's who I'm called to serve, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk to, talk to me about, talk to us about your journey towards this point in terms of where you are? So I started doing therapy type work before youth villages when I, you know, had my bachelor's degree. And, you know, I mentioned I worked with severe persistent, you know, those are diagnoses like schizophrenia, schizoaffective, you know, bipolar disorder, rapid cycling. So those were the clients I worked with then because I really just had this passion to help people who were, you know, almost constantly in crisis. And just to be able to give them ways to, to find some sort of peace as they were going through the journey. Um, and I didn't want to work with kids then because I have kids of my own and I wasn't sure I could separate yeah. how I parent and see my kids and then the, you know, the kids I would be working with at, at that time. Um, but then I was in graduate school and needed an internship and two of them had fallen through. They were with an adult age, an agency that did adults. And one of my colleagues was like, let me introduce you to this guy and just see if you what you think about him. And so I met, his name was Dr. Young. He was a psychologist in the state of Kentucky. Um, and he invited me to come and work under him in various settings. And so that's how I ended up working with juveniles that were involved with juvenile justice. So these were boys who had committed some type of crime um, and were in a lockup. Like it was, a, it was legit a jail. I mean, they couldn't call it jail because it's kids. But there were people there that had, you know, committed murders. There were people there, you know, some pretty violent acts. And so through that work, like I really enjoyed working with juveniles. And then Dr. Young actually took me to a state meeting once. And someone was talking about youth villages, had no idea that what youth villages was, anything like that. And so when I finished that internship and was graduating, youth villages had moved and started an office in Indiana. And so I started working there. And then I realized and put the connection, like that was the same place he took me to, to meet, to talk about what their services could do for the state of Kentucky. But Mm -hmm. they didn't go to Kentucky then, they went to Indiana. So I was one of the first hires in the state of Indiana for youth villages. So we were, you know, groundwork, 
before we had an office, right? We were working in the libraries and people's wow. houses and hotels, you know, but still serving families with a smile and, and a joy. Um, and so through doing that work, I just, you know, I started noticing the parents. Like we, we could do all these things with the kids, right? We can give them all types of coping skills. We can run through all the cognitive skills in, in the world to get them prepared. But if there's not something at home, what are we doing? And that's the thing I saw with juvenile justice. And so I did my master's thesis on the fact that there wasn't a connection with sending these kids from these, from these places where they learn manners, coping skills, communication skills, job skills, but then sending them right back to their home environments where there's nothing. They don't have to ask their parents for permission to stand up at home, but they do here. So we were mm -hmm. seeing kids come back. I was there a year for my internship. And within that year, I saw at least four kids that had left and come back because they couldn't function. And so then at Youth Villages, I continued to see, you know, the parents, like they were really suffering um, with no help, right? Like, yeah, there really yeah. wasn't services for parents in those settings. And so that's what led me to start working with adults. And then since then, it shifted to primarily women uh, and attachment-related trauma. Mm. Anxiety me... is my go-to, but most people with anxiety, it's really some attachment stuff underneath. And, mm -hmm. uh -huh. and I have to say this, it, it, even when I met you back then, you, you, you all, you've always been somebody, I saw you as somebody, your passion was so strong, your personality, you were always so genuine and you can, you can smell genuineness. Like you can, you, the kids know it. Yeah. The dog knows it. Like the everybody, people, everybody, can, everybody knows. Can know you really are, your heart is in what you do. You wanted to know how to serve. You were always um, just diligent about the work that you did and always professional, always poised. And I just, even while you're talking about this and in your journey, I could just hear the same, the mm -hmm. same. Part. I mean, we, we do evolve, we do grow, yeah. but I, just, yeah. I appreciate your heart for what you said, because it does take heart to really it find does. out what is, when people, when we think about juveniles, sometimes mm -hmm. people initially go to you know, what's wrong with these kids or those are delinquent kids and these yeah. are bad kids. And those are my favorites, the ones that they label delinquent. And, yeah. you know, those were some of the my favorite clients because they were hurting the most. They using were. your term again, like they were hurting the most. Absolutely. And we have to figure out, and I love working with those boys, you know, it, at your village and I hate to keep going back to them, but they, it just, it, that it is what it is. But I, I loved working with these boys that nobody else wanted to work with, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were they were still little boys crying they were, out. Yeah, they were crying out. Crying out. And mm -hmm. even if they, the physical is this, you know, rough looking, jagged edge boy, you know, young, young, young man who's sagging and very disrespectful and look completely angry at the world. But when they knew that you care, they respect you. They respect when they know that you care and you respect them and you treat them with love and they they know they need it. Yeah. There's a different level of respect that they a, want. A level of respect and almost a level of protection because you know the in-home part, like you're yeah. going wherever they are. You know it's what I mean? Crazy. So like it's not all it wasn't always upper middle class houses. And in fact, it was rare that we, you know, had someone in upper middle class that had our services, right? So we're going into some areas and they would almost, I, I'll never forget a family. Like they were not happy I was showing up at first, 
but midway through when they saw I, like you said the genuineness so that's why I kind of smile you know smile people can't see us right but I <laughs> smile because I've heard that consistently and that makes me feel great because that that's that's who I am like I can't do it if I, my, I do not have a poker face so you're gonna know <laughs> but by the midway through they would have people at the corner to make sure that I could drive into the the street without being harmed by other people because it was you know it was a pretty violent area but they had people waiting and they was like usher almost like ushering me in services <laughs> and usher me pool. out right. you know and I you know, the first time I was like what is going on and then you know they explained like we 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 need to we want to protect you because you are the only one that has helped us keep our kids everybody mm-hmm. else just sees the you know the worst that we've done in life and they don't think we deserve our kids and you're the only you're 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 you and your agency are the only ones Wow. So like that's I have never forget that. Never. Wow. That oh that's powerful. And that had to be 2013 when that happened. Like I, yeah. I wow. still remember vividly. I can all of it. Yeah. That is that is amazing. That is amazing. So tell us why you're passionate. So you said right now your your passion, I mean you're passionate about helping people, but women mm-hmm. who struggle with anxiety, women underneath that, of course, is self is attachment issues, which is very, yes. very true. Why are you passionate about serving this population? There's multiple reasons, but if I had to pick maybe my top ones, Mm -hmm. I would definitely say that it's because I noticed that women who have anxiety, but when there's really attachment underneath, like they're anxious in so many areas and they disrupt all of their relationships. Like they sabotage, hence I know we'll talk about that later. They sabotage everything in their lives when it really is like one or two things they could do different or think different about that could start them on the journey to heal. Mm -hmm. And just seeing so many women who've had very damaging relationships with their moms and how, you know, they want to break the cycle, but they don't know how. I've met so many women that are like, I do not want to do what my mom did to me, to my daughter, but they they do not know how to do it. And Mm -hmm. so I just find a passion in meeting someone who says, I don't think I'll ever be happy I don't think I'll ever reach my goals. I don't think I will ever live the life that I used to dream about because of all these things. I love meeting someone that that's where they start. And by the end, they're like, I never thought I'd get here, but I'm so glad I am. And then they run off. Like my, I tell people, I have three favorite moments in sessions in therapy. When I first meet you yeah. and I'm learning you, the first time you have that big aha where you're like, mm, my everything is shifting. My thinking is shifting. And then when we say goodbye, those are my three favorite times. I love all of it, but those Ooh. are my, you know, yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love when you don't need me anymore. And that's why I tell them, I love when you don't need to sit in my office anymore. I love that. But aren't you seeing, this is this is just a commercial break, but aren't you seeing a shift from what we learned, what we learned for people, they can't see my air quote. Right. What we learned in grad school to <laughs> what we practice in therapy. Oh my aren't God. Aren't you seeing a shift in terms of what, the, the the general expectation of when discharge is supposed to happen from therapy, it doesn't add up because there are people, there are people you know I serve professionals professionals mm-hmm. who you know deal with emotional conflicts whether it's you know anxiety depression stress, um, but they're wearing a mask so they're very mm-hmm. emotional they're going to work they're going their wives their their doctors their police officers whomever those are my people mask, those are my people right those are my people those are my people they're yes. that math doesn't last and so um a lot of times they realize oh snap i don't even have that space anywhere else 
anywhere. And so discharge may not look like eight to 10 sessions. Right. They, might, they might stick with you about a year. <laughs> or longer. Listen, or longer. Can I be, can, listen, can I be transparent on this podcast? Are we allowed? Please. So, even my own therapist, every time we've met in the last six months, she's like, all right, I think we're done. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> I don't know what you thought this was. <laughs> Finally, I, you know, I understand and had to be done. You know, had you know, I was done. But no, it's I have not seen Listen. 10 to 12 weeks really ever. And I'm gonna be honest, we're gonna come back to the topic, but this is all it's all intertwined, it all connects. I had to shift my paradigm. Uh-huh. Because I would bring up, okay, let's review your goals. It sounds like you've met your goals. Let's go over your maintenance plan. It sounds like you understand your triggers, your warning signs. You have a support system. It sounds like, let's go back to the initial vision that you identified of where you would be yeah. when you finish there. <laughs> it, it sounds like you're there. Oh, this, that's, that was me for a long time. And they would look at, they, they would start crying. Yes. Like, what do you, oh no. I had man. a few people create new problems. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I'm like, what is going on? But if I'm being honest, because yeah. of that grad school piece, and you know, some of the agency work is very similar to that too. Very similar. I had it in my mind that if I wasn't getting them through air quote, people can't say my air quotes. If I wasn't getting them through in 12 weeks, I failed. I was failing. I'm a bad, I'm I was a bad, I'm a bad therapist. Yeah, yes, that yes. was, yes. So once that shift happened and I was like, people take the time they need to heal. There's no time frame for healing. There was not really a time frame for when the things happen to you. So there's no way there's a time frame for when it's over, when you're over it. Like, yeah. This yeah. is this I am rejuvenated by our conversation right now. This is so good. And I know some people who listen, they're gonna laugh. I'm sure there are clients who listen to this podcast as well, right? But and I will say this, this you know, we'll talk about the disclaimer towards the end because this does not replace the need for therapy for sure. But I think it's really good to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And so when you mentioned sabotage. For people who don't, of course, you and I know what that is. But for people who are listening, so we have a, a, a broad audience who listen, people who might be in therapy, people who are thinking about therapy, people who've never gone to therapy, um, just abroad, and they're all over. Okay. So for people who don't know what sabotage is, how would you define it? Good question. I've talked about it so much that I, oh man, bare bones, I would say sabotage is when you are on a path, whether it's in a relationship, your career, uh, just life in general, and you subconsciously or intentionally decide that you aren't good enough to have this, you're not perfect enough to have this. So you do something to derail it. You may not know that you're doing that. I meet so many people that they do not know, do not have a single clue that starting that fight on Tuesdays because you've been happy for five days is sabotage. And we have to talk about those cycles. So that's how I would say bare bones is that you are either intentionally or a lot of times subconsciously destroying your plans, destroying your, your situation getting in the way of your goals too. So if we were to kind of name a few examples, you know, one, a few common examples of self-sabotaging behaviors, what would you say they are? The number one I always use is uh, diet and exercise, <sighs> right? So you start off on Monday, right? <laughs> you got this meal plan, right? You probably went to the store on Sunday, made all this food. And you are Monday, you're rocking it. Tuesday, you are like, okay, yes. Wednesday, you get called into a late meeting at work. So you miss your scheduled time to eat. 
And now you tell yourself, we'll just start again next Monday because we can't, we've already messed up today. Mm-hmm. So no need to even try to worry about tomorrow. We got to wait till Monday to start over. That's, that's my biggest example of sabotage. And we do that with our goals. The other one that people don't really like to talk about is the one where we don't feel like we're good enough. And we don't, no one wants to admit that. No one ever wants to say, you know what? I'm just not good enough. Mm-hmm. So instead we will make sure that we don't turn in something on time or we will make sure that we do it halfway just so that if it goes, when it goes wrong, not even if, but when it goes wrong, we could say, well, I just really didn't even put a lot of energy and time and effort into that. So that's why that happened. Mm-hmm. Or we pass up opportunities that we know we can take, we know we can handle, but there's this thing in us that says we're not good enough. So we just decide, you know what? I'm just not, it. I'm not going to do it. Right. So I know we'll probably talk about my book, but the example in my book I use is a woman who was highly educated. Um, she was, ready for another promotion and she couldn't she couldn't bring herself to accept it because mm-hmm. she didn't think she was good enough even though she had degrees on the walls plaques on the walls constant people telling her like you are everything she didn't believe it and so through our work she was able to work through figuring out what it is how it happens and then accept the the promotion by the end mm. As you're talking, because I, you know, so many other examples come for me too, like mm-hmm. overthinking, overthinking, mm-hmm. overthinking, right? Procrastination, yeah. procrastinating is a self-sabotage behavior, overindulgence. Mm-hmm. But as you're talking, you know, there's this buzzword going around, flying around. I'm sure it's flying around in Indiana too. Is that what you still, you still are in mm-hmm. Indiana? Yeah, I'm still in Indiana. Yeah. Oh, imposter syndrome. I feel like imposter syndrome is all embedded in self-sabotage. It is. So in my book, there's a whole section on it, like, because it's one of the top three. So in the book, yeah, you know, I'll purchase the book, everyone listening, please. But I'll give you a little hint that I break it down to not good enough, imposter syndrome um, and perfectionism. Like those are the three categories, because no matter what the sabotage thing is, it always falls to one of those three. It does. Mm -hmm. Talk about your book. So earlier, you know, you mentioned that you are on a, a, a mission to help reduce the stigma around mental health and really help women heal from their past trauma. Talk mm-hmm. to us more about, you know, how, how that's going, especially during this time. I'm sure you're serving more and more women and, and how are those women coming to you, right? How are they, yeah, yeah how, how are they finding out or how are they coming to you for sure? So word of mouth is, is a powerful thing. It can make or break you, right? So the, my number one avenue is word of mouth. Someone mm-hmm. has come to my, you know, come to therapy, had a great experience. So they tell all their friends and then they, you know, then they want to come. But the other is like social media. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty heavy on Instagram um, and Facebook too, but really heavy on Instagram, which is making sure that I put out something every day that just kind of reminds us that it's okay to be where you are because you're going to go where you're going to go. Right. So no need to harp on things that you're not doing in this moment. Mm-hmm because you can do them later. So that's the, that's the top ways that people find me. Um, I, I was doing a lot of speaking engagements, um, but I kind of slowed down on that for some other reasons. Um, but also my podcast, I also have a podcast as well. So I'm, I'm back doing that. I stopped doing it uh, last year, but I'm back. And I made it, I've decided that that's going to be the way that I connect now, because what I noticed through the pandemic and just even, progression of career I can't serve everyone right like there's only so many hours in the day 
And as in the therapy world, if you're going to be a great therapist, you have to know your limits of how many you really can handle in a day. This yeah. isn't, uh, this isn't, a, you know, those agencies that make you do eight hours of therapy. Like, that's not how it is mm-hmm. if you really want to have a lasting impact. So mm-hmm. I realized, like, I can't, I need to, I need to broaden my reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a God girl. Is that okay? Are we allowed to have God in here? Okay. About Jesus. Let me yes. I forgot to say this. And power to empower you podcast is about all things Jesus Christ, mental health. Okay. And anything for your overall wellness to help you be the best version of yourself. <laughs> I love it. So I am a, I am a God, Jesus girl, whatever you want to call it. And so I have no doubt that he has put this on me to do or in me to do, not on me because it's not a burden. I'm not burdened at all. Um, I enjoy being able to do what I'm called to do. In fact, I get physically sick when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Oh. Physically sick. I thought like I had some kind of parasite or something. But I've worked like through therapy, realize it's like psychosomatic that if I'm not following what I'm supposed to be doing, I get sick. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, I've never heard that one. I know. I was like, what? only me. No, I'm sure you're not alone. I, I'm not. I found a whole group of people that like there's a lot of groups out there where people talk about like, you know, oh. because there's a lot of passion. And I could see that because lack of alignment is equivalent to lack of balance. It yeah. is. You know, so mm-hmm. wow, I love talking to you. Like I could see this. Listen, I could see this just kind of be four-hour conversation, but we're not gonna talk <laughs> to the people. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh gosh, it was so much that you said. So let me ask you this really quickly before because I want to talk about your podcast. I want to talk about your book, but I wanted to say something too. I so agree with you. I love, I really love the platform. I love podcasting because it is a way to reach the masses. Mm-hmm. And it, there's no borders, there's no, there's no state, there's no limitations. It can reach the people in the Caribbean, it can reach the people in Africa, it can reach the whole United States, everybody, everybody right? Mm-hmm. And, and when I started it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it to monetize it. I just, mm-hmm. I just, I do it as, it's ministry. Now that can change later on, but yeah, I yeah. really love, and I also appreciate that I can have other people share, sharing it with me so I can help to highlight your, your, the person like you and your work that you're, that you're doing for sure. So when, when based on the work that you're doing, right. Mm-hmm. And, and if this is getting into your book, just tell me and we'll, we'll, we'll move forward. Why do people get, why do people get in the way? Why do people get in the way? What have you found based on the work that you've done? Why do they get in their own way? So like I said, those categories, right? So underneath it all, and I have found through my work that to reach the people that I'm called to reach, I have to use non-therapy terms oftentimes because using clinical terms, clinical language, it's a turnoff, especially if you are a person who pride yourself on being, you know, able to handle things and do things and not need help from anybody under any capacity. It's a turnoff to hear things like, oh, anxiety, things like trauma. What what I've learned though, is that not good enough is rooted in trauma. And every time I've talked to somebody who has that belief, they can pinpoint a time when they were young, Mm -hmm. elementary young, where Mm -hmm. someone planted that inside their brain by a situation, by their words, and they've carried it. Yep. And so then they're like, mm, I can't, yeah, I'm just not good enough to do that. It's not for me. Imposter mm-hmm. syndrome, two things on that. Thing number one, that is rooted in, let me think of how to say this. 
it's rooted, especially for black women, it's rooted in white supremacy. It's rooted in this idea that we are not um, blonde hair, brown hair, skinny, you know, upper middle class or you know, wealthy families. Like it's rooted in that to make you feel like you don't have enough because you don't have those things and you don't look that way. So imposter syndrome in a lot of ways also is kind of rooted in childhood poverty. Like I've seen a lot of people who grew up in poverty who have been able to go to college and be successful, but they still feel like they're an imposter because they came from this poor place or they came from this place that other people don't know about. And so those are like with imposter syndrome, that's a huge thing about thinking that your education is not enough. Your certificates are not enough. So you see people, and I've seen this, I've done it myself, take multiple courses, right? Like I can tell you reform sabotager here. Well, somewhat. Mm -hmm. I took one year, I took nine courses on building a better practice. I didn't need those nine courses. They all said the same thing. But I took nine because in my head, I was an imposter because I didn't know this or I didn't know that or I hadn't read this book or I hadn't taken this class. And so I had to sit with myself and like get it together. I'm like, you really don't need another class or course on doing the practice. You're already doing it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's thriving. You can look at your, you know, if you want to go monitor, you can look at your account every month and see there's something there that was more than before, right? You can look at the, the calls you get if you need to, to know like, mm, people are calling and it's not just because. So, yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it's layers to it, but I have found that it really typically boils down to, to trauma. Same with perfectionism. I have to be perfect because if this thing isn't perfect, this will happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that was just kind of my way of, you know, helping people who normally wouldn't show up in therapy. Absolutely. And identity. Uh Uh-huh. Identity. So if I don't know who I am, then it's very easy for me to look at the next person and think I'm supposed to be like this person or think I'm missing something or I'm inadequate Mm -hmm. because I don't look like that person. Right. If it seems like this, and and, and we we could talk all day about this, but this is very common. We see it Mm -hmm. and it's it's crippling people. It is. Crippling people because you don't feel like you belong. You don't feel Mm -hmm. like you are adequate enough to hold a title or to do the things that you're doing. So it's a lot, it's a lot that's deep rooted there for sure. I know, I know we're going to the book, but I want, I do want to say that's how I wrote the book, right? Like, so yeah. I was trying to write a book about anxiety because that was my that was my my jam, right? Like even above attachment, anxiety was my jam. I could talk about it all day long. I could tell people, I could help people, I could show people how to, you know, live with it, how to minimize anxiety was my jam. So I started off trying to write a book about anxiety and I couldn't do it. Mm. I would sit down every day at my designated time to write, couldn't get a single page written. Mm. And so I started writing my own process. Like what was I going through? And then as I was writing it, I started looking at clients I was working with, friends, family. So I, I did use social media in that way to look at what, what were people talking about? And those were the things that, that was happening. So once I saw that, then I was like, wait, that is essentially what I do in session with yeah. people, right? Like we figure out what's going on. Yeah. We figure out, you know, why they want to change it, right? What's the, what's the motivation? Yeah. And then we teach the skills to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, Yeah. Wow. Well, this is a great segue. Let's talk about that book, honey. Let's talk about that book. Let's do it. Yes. 
So tell us about the book. The book is, for people who are listening, the book is entitled Get Out of Your Own Way. Uh It's called Get Out of Your Own Way, 21 Days to Stop Self-Sabotage. It's available on Amazon and my website. Um, It's, I wrote the book in 2018. Uh, And even, so even in writing, I was trying to write about anxiety. It really was, I was trying to avoid grief. I lost my mother in 2017 and I was just crippled with grief and I needed an outlet. I was like, I got to do something to block out thinking about all of that. So that's what prompted me to even try to write about anxiety. Um, And then I sent the book to a friend who's a publisher and she was like no you got to put this out you got to put this out right now and mm-hmm. so I actually was able to release it on the anniversary of my mom's death the, a year later so that's how you know so that's where the book came from it was out of grief and what I was doing to myself and the journey I needed to go on not knowing I needed to go on that journey right because I thought you know I'm good in this space I don't need any to do anything more I'm fine that's not that's not what God had for me isn't it crazy how for, let me first say I'm so sorry for your loss um, beautiful things are birthed out of painful experiences I used to hate that phrase I I know I know I did especially right when she died and people were like oh that would be the right time oh, and, and, oh I heard that it, it's God's will oh God you know, all, I mean all types of things to basically say mm-hmm. it needed to happen for these other things to happen and while that might be true, that was not helpful. The no, first no. year, two years, heck, still today sometimes. Oh, yeah. Not. But it's true, right? And I see it, but it was painful, you know? I can imagine that. I can yeah. imagine. So get out of your own way. Talk about what is what is the message for the book, even if it comes from your own process. What is so the I. Yeah, I didn't, I actually didn't write that it was my process in the book. I just started telling people because I need to be genuine. That's just how I live. Um, But it was really just what I was doing with some of the clients I was working with, especially those professional women who really didn't want to be in therapy, but they were, they were blowing up their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the book is a self-help book. I know a lot of people don't like self-help books, but it really is a self-help book because in there, I I teach you what sabotage is. I teach you how to identify which category you fall in. I teach you how to identify your triggers. I teach you how to identify and change your self-talk. And then we implement it for 21 days. And the 21 days actually came from the Franklin Covey training that you feel just put us through. I I love that. I love that. Because, yeah, because, you know, I was like, hmm, how do you change a habit? And I remembered that training when he, I don't remember, was it Cliff, I think? I don't remember who, who did it, right, but he right, said, right. you know, you can, you can change your habits in 21 days. And I remember sitting in that training, like he's full of it. And so I started testing it on everything, like not just using my cubby, but any place I could find that I need, that I could, I tested it. And I was like, that it does work. Mm-hmm. You can really change a habit in three weeks that's if so you're consistent. If you're so consistent. that's where the 21 days came from. That's so good. So people can get the book on Amazon and your website. Mm-hmm. What is your website? It's my name, BrittanyAJohnson.com. I try to keep it super simple. Awesome. Awesome. And tell us about your podcast. Yeah. So I initially created the podcast in 2020. Um, and I did a few, I did like eight or nine episodes then. Uh, and then I thought I needed to shift. It was me. It was me getting in my way. And so I didn't do any for quite a while. And then I did a few more in 2021. And then once again, I was like, you know, kind of what you mentioned earlier, 
I should be monetizing this. And it's take, and this is what I told myself. And I know now that it's not true. It's taken away from what I could be doing because I'm not getting paid for it. And I know that that's not, it was not the right thought process. It was, it just was what it was. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the end of last year, I really sat down and, you know, I like to end the year with reviewing and really looking at what I want to do the next year or the next few years. And I realized I love podcasting. I love to talk about mental health. I love to talk about topics that impact women and podcasting is, is the way to do it. Um, But I keep all of my episodes to 20 minutes or less because I know as a busy career mom woman, I don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts. If it's three, two, three, four hours, it's going to take me a week to listen to that. And then by then you got another one now. So I keep the episodes 20 minutes or less. Uh, very self-help type driven. Um, I open up about my own stuff in there with each topic. And so it's just a place where it's safe. You can come. It's not therapy. I do say that as a disclaimer, um, but it's it's topics that you can work with your therapist on. Or if you aren't needing actual therapy, but you just need something, it's a it's it's an option to get you thinking, get you working on other ways to think about things yeah I need to do a better job of keeping mine 20 minutes sometimes it's like 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour people listen to it but yeah you know and I listen to it too but I I definitely it it just gets so good but I totally totally sure yeah yeah so the name of your podcast is for people who don't know it it is get out of your own way with Brittany Johnson I try to keep the whole brand that but there is going to be a shift. This Your listeners are going to be the first ones to hear that I actually am, have, am making a shift. Um, there's going to be a name change and, and some other things because it's time to go bigger than just get out of your own way. It is really time to help women in all aspects of their life and, and, and to, to do what they need to do on their own accord. Yes, and we'll get that. I'll get that information from you, whatever you want me to put in the show notes for sure. Okay. Well, let me just ask you one final thing for the woman who's listening or the man, because I have men who listen to, for the woman, for the person who's listening, who heard your definition and is is resonating with, oh my goodness, I'm doing this. I'm struggling with imposter syndrome. I'm struggling with insecurities. I'm struggling. I am, I am actually in my own way of my goals. And I see sabotage playing out in my life. If in, in 60 seconds or less, if you can, what, words of encouragement, what would you tell this person listening today? I would tell this person listening to, first of all, give yourself grace because life happens. We learn these patterns from, you know, history, so to speak. So give yourself grace first. Then secondly, really sit down with yourself and get honest with yourself. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, you are, you're not going to be able to be honest anywhere else. So get honest with yourself on what is it? What is this thing that's telling me that I I can't do this. Um, And then from there decide, is this something I need to go to a therapist about? Or is this something that I can do on my own? Because there are differences, right? If it's not rooted in, you know, some attachment trauma or neglect or, you know, something in that arena, you typically can work on it yourself, right? You typically don't have to go to therapy. I'm an advocate for therapy. I do think everybody needs to go to therapy. But I also understand, especially in this phase of life we're in right now, Therapists are stretched. There are long wait lists right now. So mm-hmm. that's what I would say. Yeah. And get you. my book to help you do it. Get your book. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to get it too. 
Um, thank you so much, Brittany, for adding so much value to this episode. And y'all, I hope that you, I know that you got some, some points. I know that you took notes. I want you to blow Brittany up, get on her website, brittanyajohnson.com, get her book, get out your own way on Amazon. You could just go to her website and get it from there as well. And also subscribe to her podcast. Uh, she is very passionate. She's very genuine very uh, purposeful in the work that she does. And I want you to really connect with her uh, for sure. And, and thank you again, Brittany, for, for joining the podcast. And thank you for having me. I, this is like home. Yes, it is. It's it like is. full circle. <laughs> it is. It's so amazing. Well, y'all, I'll be back. This is Be Wendy Bible. I want to remind you that these episodes do not replace the need for therapy. So if you need a, a therapist, please seek professional help. If you have any questions or if you are running into barriers about how to do that, you're welcome to message me. I'll put my information in the show notes and I will be back next time with an amazing episode. Have a great week on purpose.